thrilled to have on the line with me Peter Moore. He is, uh, Peter, did you found Vital for Colorado? I did. I did. Uh, along with uh, several other business leaders, we uh, started in uh, the fall of 2013. Okay. And, and basically, I mean, affordable, efficient, and reliable energy, I think, is inherent for everyday people being able to thrive and prosper and flourish. And, uh, and one of those components of that is uh, the oil and gas industry. And so Vital for Colorado, you founded it in 2013. What was your purpose? Back then, uh, it was uh, primarily to uh, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I was on board of directors of the South Denver Metro Chamber, and uh, we thought we'd be very, very lucky if we could organize maybe one or 2,000 people that had uh, similar ideas. We were organizing around a seven principles uh, pledge, and some of the principles were very simple, such as we believe in science and not hyperbole, and uh, we wanted people to understand how important the oil and gas industry was. We were trying to be business people uh, talking on behalf of the oil and gas industry because it's so important to uh, Colorado's economy. Um, what happened during the next uh, five years or so is that we had much greater success than we anticipated, and our coalition uh, grew to 85,000 Colorado citizens that uh, signed wow. the pledge, <laughs> and uh, over 1,000 businesses and even a few hundred uh, elected officials. Um, uh, and probably uh, most of our efforts were trying to educate and advocate and uh, write op-eds and write, write pieces. Uh, we had a radio show uh, twice a month for several years. Uh, had a lot of interest in gas. Um, but it led up to uh, last year's election, and uh, uh, as of the end of last year, it looked like the people had fairly overwhelmingly uh, uh, voted against uh, setbacks, which were written in such a way that really would have shut down the oil and gas industry. Uh, but then January came in the new 2019 legislative session, and now we have uh, a new a new law, SB 181, and uh, that's the focus of my article uh, of last week, is that there are many, many representations as to what, what would happen what was intended, uh, business as usual, and although we're just a few months into it, it's not, it's not that way at all. Well, and so what you're describing, Peter, is uh, there was a proposition on the ballot in November. Wasn't that Prop 112? Is that what that was? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and it was overwhelmingly defeated by the, the people of Colorado. And then not even, you know, two or three months later, uh, there was something, in a way, I, I feel almost more onerous than 112. It was passed through the legislature, and uh, Governor Polis signed it. But I think what I'm hearing you say is, is that that uh, Polis had, had indicated that things weren't going to change that much. But when we're starting to see the results, things are changing significantly. Um. That is the case. Uh, before the bill was uh, signed, and um, Governor Polis actually was against uh, um, 112, uh, he spoke to the oil and gas conservation folks. He also spoke to the trade show back in uh, August, and uh, he clearly um, uh, did not uh, support the setback initiative, uh, which was very, very strict. Um, 
And then uh, he threw his support behind this uh, new bill, 181, uh, to some cynics in the group. Uh, they thought that it was uh, debated, uh, set up, and passed in a way that was uh, more along the lines of retribution as opposed to uh, trying to get stakeholders to provide uh, honest comment. And I mean that in the sense that the bill was... Uh, publicized the thing on a Friday, on a, on a slow Friday one day, and went through, and uh, the various stakeholders um, did not have much input. They they, they tried, uh, especially the Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Committee, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Colorado Oil and Gas Association, COGA, which is a primary oil and gas advocacy group, uh, did, did have some changes, and uh, so there are some very, very small wins. Uh, but the real proof would be what is the effect in terms of the granting of permits. And uh, the effect has been uh, very devastating uh, just in the first three months. Well, in the oil and gas industry, well, I have all kinds of things going through my brain. I mean, there's you talk about from a business standpoint uh, what oil and gas has brought to the state of Colorado. And it's not just the people that work in the oil and gas industry. Uh, when when that industry is growing and doing well, you know, it's they go out to eat. So it's the restaurant owner. There's new restaurants that can open up. You know, they use the dry cleaner. They go to the grocery store. Uh, you know, it, it's a far-reaching effect on the economy. And when you start to contract that, and I, I have friends in the oil and gas business, and they're very concerned about their livelihoods. They're very concerned about their jobs. And when you start to have people... Uh, that have this um, kind of the unknowns out there. They're like, am I going to have to move? If they have to move, they need to call Karen Levine uh, with REMAX Alliance. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But but we'd like to have people not move because uh, they have to move out of state for a new job or whatever. We'd like people to have the choice to move because they want to. And they're really concerned. And Peter, in your piece, you said in 2018, an average of 426 new drilling permits were approved every month. But since the passage of Senate Bill 181, the pace of permitting hasn't come close to this baseline. In fact, you said in May, the first full month of uh, the implementation of SB 181, there were only 41 new permits. Now, I think you're saying that that the oil and gas industry was assured that things weren't going to change. But the very first month of implementation, that's pretty significant. This is uh, data, by the way, which comes directly from the Colorado Oil Oil and Gas Conservation uh, um, Conservation Commission website. So they they publish a number of permits, and you can just look. Uh, But uh, in the first month, first full month, uh, it was uh, a 90 percent cut from what had been happening in 2018. Uh, And uh, the next month, in June, it was uh, a 60 percent cut. And uh, then it was a 70% cut. So it went from um, 10% of what had happened last year to 40% of what had happened last year and 30% of what had happened last year in the first three months. Wow. Uh, that, that, to me, uh, is a radical change. And then also uh, there's the effect in terms of the counties. Last time I looked, I believe the number is greater than this, so I haven't really kept track of uh, the moratoria passed by every county, Mm -hmm. but each of the counties are trying to pass new regulations to, to, I guess, to, 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 I guess, regulate the new local control that they have under 
this new law, which, which we call uh, SB 1981, is taking a long time. And this process also is not uh, seeking very much uh, stakeholder input. And so, so their solution is just to stop. And last time I looked, and it was only about a month and a half ago, it was seven communities. I think there might be uh, a greater number than that. Uh, where there are no local permits issued. Uh, so in many communities, it's, um, it's being shut down while people are trying to adapt to the new local control. Um, that's not certainty. That's, that's almost just telling the industry that uh, you're not we're welcome stop here. doing this. And, and, and although that may be popular in some quarters, uh, people may not think through what the impact would be. So I'm sitting here in downtown Denver uh, looking at this lovely morning, uh, 26th world, and uh, I think that uh, as of 2018, something like 20% of all downtown office space is directly related to uh, uh, to uh, companies that are oil and gas companies or service providers or people that are directly related to. And so that's just downtown real estate. Uh, and if the numbers go uh, to, let's say, 50% of production over the course of 10 years, there's an economic study called a REMI study, uh, uh, which has been used by almost all governments in the country to calculate uh, effects. It's a very reliable um, kind of study, but the projection... Uh, by one of the uh, Common Sense Policy Roundtable uh, is that over the course of 10 years, uh, one could have a loss of 120,000 jobs in Colorado, and uh, that would result in $8 billion of local, state, and tax revenues. And those are, those are numbers which are not sustainable. And that's what people are afraid of, is uh, to begin to dismantle the oil and gas industry by failing... Uh, to issue permits by having uncertain uh, and also having now a patchwork of regulations. So the rules you follow in Adams County may not be the rules you follow in Broomfield and Larimer County. And it makes it really, uh, really difficult for industry on that. Hey, Peter, let's let's go to break. You mentioned something about local control. And it's interesting, up in Weld County, they are uh, actually trying to take some local control to support the oil and gas industry in their county because um, Weld County is rich in oil and uh, natural gas resources. And uh, they're actually being kind of, I think, thwarted, where on the other hand, uh, where uh, the permits are, there's moratorium on permits, uh, that is uh, just kind of going unchecked. And I'd love to have you speak to that when we come back. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. Have Karen Levine, award-winning realtor in studio. We're talking with the founder of Vital for Colorado, Peter Moore, and we'll be right back. We're talking with Peter Moore, a founder of Vital for Colorado, and uh, he, he founded it. I, I mean, you wanted to get 2,000 people involved. You had 85,000 people involved, plus these businesses and, and elected officials. So it's amazing. But there uh, is something a little bit disingenuous about 181 and the whole local control thing. And I read 81, uh, Senate Bill 181, and I saw big danger in 181 in as much as it had some pretty strict um, setbacks and, and pretty strict things regarding the oil and gas industry but from what I could see, it could allow local 
uh, municipalities' local control to be even stricter. And uh, and many, I, I think many municipalities are are uh, you know using that. But there's something different happening in Weld County. They said, okay, yeah, we will have local control, and we want to support the oil and gas industry. My understanding is is that they're trying to be thwarted to do that. What say you? That's a very very good uh, summary. Uh, most of the production in Colorado is is uh, north of Denver in Weld County, and I, I believe that oil and gas people call it the DJ Basin. And uh, so Weld County is 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 the center of production, the most important. Uh, and uh, so, given this new local control, uh, I think that the county officials there tried to remove uncertainty in the state permitting process and uh, started to develop regulations uh, to support oil and gas uh, to support oil and gas investment. And then the state government, through the Colorado Attorney General's office, sent a warning letter to Weld County uh, to say that whatever local control they're doing, it doesn't restrict uh, the ability of the COGCC to, uh, I guess, regulate on a gas. And what's curious, I think, is that I'm not aware, and if, and if there are any such other letters to any other county, uh, if, if that's a warning that the state would like to give each county, why only give it to the one county that's trying to open up oil and gas development and try to and try to try to create certainty. So, a cynical view of the whole thing is that uh, you can have local control as long as the, it's the right kind of local control, and uh, as long as it restricts, uh, I guess the permit, as long as it restricts the permitting process. That's that's my reading. That's that's a fairly widely publicized letter uh, that, that uh, came out from the state attorney general's office. I think it's been on uh, TV and. Perhaps you've had a show on it before. I'm not sure. I have not done that show on that yet. Uh, we have been doing a show uh, once a month on health and hydrocarbons, and that's sponsored by Liberty Oilfield Services. And, yeah. uh, you know, you're talking about the business component uh, of that. And I, I think that um, sometimes we, 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 you and I, Peter, Karen, we understand the compassion of business in as much when people have jobs, the dignity of work, uh, they're able to go out and thrive and prosper, take care of their families, uh, you know, maybe have a little bit of time on the weekends to have some hobbies. And and we realize that all of those things that make our lives better are because of, of business. The fact that um, business, the oil and gas industry is out there supporting business that makes these things happen. And so when we talk about these numbers, I think that there's some people that think that we're not compassionate at all. And in, I would make the argument that standing up for these kinds of businesses where people can thrive and prosper is extremely compassionate. Uh, Karen, do you want to make a comment on that? Not at the moment. Okay, I, I threw it over to you. I did. <laughs> Peter, what would you say about that? Well, it's, uh, you know, one thing that I think is not really uh, well known, all the board members that are on the board of directors for Vital for Colorado, uh, none of them are oil and gas people. Uh, these are chambers of commerce, usually presidents of several chambers, uh, the Farm Bureau, um, farmers that have uh, property rights uh, in, terms of ro- in terms of royalty rights. Uh, there's a very large logistics company. I'm a lawyer downtown, has been practicing since uh, 1981, and my primary practice is actually in sports law. 
I'm a general counsel to a national rugby league. Um, so you had a bunch of uh, business people that got together and said that we really ought to talk and, and, and talk about this sector because if this sector falls away, and uh, I honestly felt that uh, the sector was being tr- treated very unfairly, and that was my motivation to uh, found it. But we are all interdependent. We are particularly inter- interdependent upon this industry uh, just because so many people, it's uh, currently, or at least as of uh, the end of last year, uh, it's about 230,000 people, and yeah. it's a $32 billion vertical. And these are relatively high-paying jobs. And the way money uh, passes around, uh, you spend more on consumer goods and houses and uh, all sorts of things, dry cleaning, uh, the more disposable income that you have. And so the, the M1 factor or, or the way that uh, money is spent and respent uh, is great for this industry. Um, then the other story, during the last five years, there's been so much increase in safety um and it was going the right direction uh 2013 was probably a banner year i think governor hickenlooper along with the environmental defense fund and the state of colorado and the industry got together and agreed upon methane rules and when's the last time that you've ever heard of industry agreeing with the environmental defense fund on anything Mm -hmm. But they did, and they developed methane emission, which is a, a very strong environmental factor that has been copied uh, by the federal government and is a model for the world. And uh, that's the right way to try to work together. Um, last year's initiative was so wrongheaded because it would have had such a setback under very, very uh, undefined terms, such as... Uh, 2,500 feet from a uh, field of stream, and uh, I've been in Colorado since 78, and it's very hard to identify where the uh, fields and streams are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I help a lot. Is that a field of stream? Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Peter, sure. we and, have about a minute left. What do you, just quickly, uh, looking into the future, are you encouraged, or what should we do? Well, uh, the encouragement that I was trying to give is to give encouragement to the Polish administration to get back to the themes that it was uh, espousing before uh, January of uh, 2019. It has an awful lot of control, and uh, to try to encourage the local communities and provide leadership and guidance uh, to implement new drilling permits in a way that allows the oil and gas companies to predictably uh, operate. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I think that's what the industry is looking for, some and there may be a lot of negotiation, but uh, the style uh, last three months uh, is we'll pass new rules, we'll not seek input, and uh, deal with it. And it almost seems like uh, it's an effort to push the oil and gas industry out of the state, which would be devastating to everybody mm. in the state. It would be. So, hey, Peter Moore, thank you so much for your important piece in uh, Colorado politics uh, regarding the plummeting number of permits belies Polis's own promises on drilling. And this is Peter Moore, founder of Vital for Colorado. Peter, thank you so much. Well, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it.